This is Cyber Defense Radio with your host and cybersecurity expert, Gary Malefsky. Gary brings to you another globally recognized cybersecurity executive in the hot seat today. Standing in my hot seat today is Corey White, the CEO, which is really Chief Experience Officer and co-founder of Cyvatar.ai, C-Y-V-A-T-A-R.ai. Corey, welcome. Thank you. I appreciate you having me, Gary. Now, I've met a lot of folks who say how important it is to have a third-party service provider. They get an MDR, an MSSP, but you guys are all in one. You focus on getting people secure with a subscription service from endpoint to the cloud, but you do a lot more than an MDR and MSSP would provide, correct? That is absolutely correct. I mean, people have to know what MDR stands for is managed detection and response, right? So that means they're not actually trying to stop the attack, right? You just want to detect when it happens. Um, I don't know about you, Gary, but if somebody breaks into my house and they're in my kid's room, I want to know that they're there. That's one. But actually, I actually prefer, prefer for them not to even get in to begin with. So if I'm having a managed detection and response for my house and for my family, then MDR isn't really stopping them from getting in my house. They could already take my kid and do something you know, horrible to them. Whereas preventing it from the beginning is the difference. I think that's one of the challenges we have in the cybersecurity industry. So Corey, preventing it from the beginning, are we going on the offense and how do we do it? Well, it, it, that's, a, that's a loaded question. <laughs> so here's the deal. Most, most people, and I, I hate to say it this way, most people at, at companies running cybersecurity programs, they don't even try. They don't even believe that prevention is even possible. So they aren't doing the things that they should be doing to prevent it. They have all detection-based capabilities. They're buying um, detection-based products and detection-based solutions like MDRs and XDRs. But that means you're giving up from the beginning. And I don't know about you, but I'm a fighter. I don't believe in giving up from the beginning. So I think that's the problem with the cybersecurity industry. If most people knew that we're not trying to stop the ransomware attacks, then they were like, wait a second, we don't want to get hacked like that, but it's still happening. That's why they're increasing year over year. So we've got ransomware. We've got, um, you know, over 52 or 53% in growing, working from home post-COVID. we got poor hygiene. How, how are you deployed? How is Cybertar deployed? Is it an agent and a cloud connection and a service? And do you have a SOC? Are you watching, keeping an eye on all the bad guys as they try to break into my organization? And, you know, are you tuning up my vulnerabilities on my remote desktops and laptops? How do you really uh, get us ahead of the burglar breaking into the house? Yeah. All right. There's a few components to this. Um, I had to get out of my traditional um, cybersecurity mindset. Um, I've been before I started this company, I've been doing cybersecurity for 23 years. And the traditional approach, I literally had to say to myself, had been failing. I personally am a recovering uh, services guy. I did services for 23 years. I've gone through the 12-step program. I don't do it anymore. You know why? Because it doesn't work, Gary. Like if I would come into your organization and say, I'm going to do your yearly pen test. And I do your yearly pen test and assessment, give you all these vulnerabilities and recommendations. And then you got to go, You even if you did go and fix it, I guarantee you, your, your network, your, your, your cloud, everything's going to change in less than a week. So it's obsolete. Every patch from Microsoft seems to do something to our computers. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So um, I had to get out of that mindset. 
And so what I did is I actually um, stepped away for about three months after I left my last company, and I just started researching other business models. And the first thing I looked at was you look at Uber, you look at uh, Spotify, you look at Netflix, you look at Airbnb. And let's just take Airbnb, for example. Airbnb, they don't have any hotel chains. Billion-dollar company, but they don't own any hotels. They own a database, and they network people like Uber. Exactly. Exactly. So what I had to do, I, I looked at the problem again, and I'm old school, obviously, been in it for 25 years, but people processing technology. So we had over 4,000 different cybersecurity companies out there. So they didn't need me to make another cybersecurity product company anymore. It's already done, right? The real need is people don't, they fail at the people in the process. And you said it earlier, the hygiene. So I took a big gamble. All the venture capitalists, they spend money and they invest on product companies. They don't invest on services companies. Believe me, I know. And like it's a three to five X and that's it. And they get out of it. But I didn't build a services company. I built a subscription company, you know, that has reoccurring revenue. And, and again, tying it back to hygiene, cybersecurity is not a one-time activity. It is a continuous activity. If I had a services company, I only do it once. If I had a product company, then I'm building a product and hoping that the end customer can figure out how to operationalize and get value, which almost never happens. So again, to summarize, you know, the business model isn't product or services. It is product plus services together tied to get to the customer to an outcome as quickly as possible. And you equate this to like a, like a Netflix. The outcome is to be entertained and watch that movie. It is not to, um, you know, just buy a movie, right? So with cybersecurity, the outcome is to get to a secure lockdown state. And we get, get customers there faster than anybody else in the market, and we maintain it. So is it get them to zero trust and keep them there? Haha, <laughs> you said zero trust. So um, I, I don't necessarily agree with zero trust because – I don't think that's that's reality that you people don't use zero trust for their house. Right. Well, you cut, you cut the Ethernet cables and break the wireless router. And now you're in zero trust. Exactly. Exactly. I, I think it's a buzzword that is, you know, called on. It sounds good, but it's not actually reality. You have to trust your, your peers that you're working with at some level. Um, so um, we, we get people to a lockdown state. And again, you take threat and vulnerability management. I've seen people spend time, you know, a few weeks to a month evaluating vulnerability scanners. That does nothing for you. It is not about the scanner. It's not about the patch. It is about it actually getting, you getting scanned for vulnerabilities, knowing what they are, remediating them as quickly as possible and getting patched as quickly as possible. So, so pause, pause for a second on that. Corey, yeah. are you running your version of Nessus? Did you license Rapid7? Are you partnered with Qualys? How do you provide vulnerability scans as part of your subscription? So, um, yeah, one of the, the, I've read an amazing book and it talks about how the product is irrelevant. We have all three, okay? Uh, because at the end of the day, we have best of breed tools and, and vulnerability scanners. We have best of breed patch management solutions. And so the goal is not about the tool. The goal is about the outcome the tools get you. You want to know what the vulnerability is. There's so much, there's so much uh, horrible signal to noise ratio. Do you have any? anything proprietary other than your own genius? I mean, do you have anything where you say, look, we figured out what's real signal and what's real noise. We figured it out. Uh, what's real signal, what's real noise. And we can tell the client, someone's trying to break in right now. They're going after this computer or they've just, you know, employees just clicked a phishing attack. And now you're getting, you know, a ransomware, like a WannaCry worming across your SMB servers, but we've stopped it for you. 
Like, give, give me a use case on, on how you're deployed and how quickly you can stop the bad guys. Yeah, yeah. With, to stop the bad guys, we already wind that a little bit. Um, I, I put them in two different categories. I've done literally hundreds of incident response engagements, and I, I put, them, put them in two categories. Number one, you have your APT, Advanced Persistent Threat, your nation, you know, state hacker or hacker group that's coming out to you. They're going to get in. If they've targeted your company, they're going to eventually get in. Okay. Uh, but then number two, I call it your drive-by hackers, right? They're just opportunistic. You haven't patched. You didn't know that system was on the internet or whatever. Um, and they're going to say, oh, you're vulnerable. They launch an export, automatically get in and then escalate. And there you go. So um, we focus on preventing those, those drive-by hacks because what I've seen in, in literally the hundreds of incidents I've investigated is that most of them, they aren't doing the basics. They don't know what assets they have. They aren't scanning. They aren't patching. You take Equifax, right? Equifax had a system on the internet. It was not patched. It was just sitting there. It got exported. They got in. They, they pillaged all the way to the internal network, end up you know, exfiltrating all of our personal data. That's a really noisy attack. So if you know the asset was there and you scanned it every single day and you had to put on a continuous patching schedule, then the noise that you normally are getting because you're continually scanning, patching, remediating, that noise goes away. And then at the end of the day, you just get signal. Like literally we turned away a prospect. Actually, we, we, we convinced them to do otherwise. They came to us and said, we need your SIM solution. We need to do logging and monitoring with you. I said, mm -mm, we're not going to do that. Just, you can go to any MSSP out there and get a SIM and a bunch of logs and all that. We actually got to get you locked down and secure first so that we actually can just see the, the signal and remove the noise because your patch misconfigurations are fixed and you're where you should be. Does that make sense? So you do a root cause analysis of the problems we've all been facing. Uh, find all the assets, find out what their weakness is, harden the assets, lock the place down, get everything on a better schedule. And what about endpoint hygiene? It sounds like you probably uh, also have solved that problem too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, my last company was uh, focused on endpoint protection and I ran the services there and then I eventually built managed services. And what I realized is that um, most of our customers and the ones that I thought were, I thought were really, really sharp, they didn't know what typical everyday malware was. And so um, I'll never forget a good friend of mine. He uh, flagged and said, Corey, you guys are flagging winword.exe, which is the executable for Microsoft Word. And I looked at it and I said, well, that's in system 32 that's not in you know, program files of Microsoft. And then I had my team reverse engineer it. It was a keylogger. And he was wow. like, oh, crap. We just allowed that to run because we saw winword.exe. And then it, it clicked in my mind that, unfortunately, you can't trust the end customer to have the expertise. It's not their job to be experts in malware. And so I built a team to get every single one of our customers to a preventative state and then maintain it. Then the last hurdle was I realized that um, people were, you know, giving um, pushbacks like, wait, I got to buy the product and then I got to buy the service and then I got to bring these two together and it's two different SKUs and line items. Why can't I just get it all at once? So I built a managed service, just buy one and you get it there. So that was the genesis of this business model. I've already done this before successfully. Now I've just taken it to the whole cybersecurity uh, spectrum and we do everything. So holistically... Firewall, endpoint, vulnerability management, encrypted tunnels, uh, hardening the network. Now, you know, today nobody really seems to care about uh, who really did it, right? Was it the North Korean DPRK cyber army breaking into Sony Pictures, right? Really, the problem was they lost three terabytes of movie data, right? That's really what they cared about. They, they were bothered that it was, you know, North Korean uh, 
hackers from their government. But the real issue of the day was those movies got out too early and they lost um, maybe even, who knows, hundreds of millions in revenue. So does attribution matter anywhere? Do you get involved? Does it matter anymore and, and, or anywhere? And do you get involved in that? Or you just say, look, we caught the bad guys or we stopped them. We don't really care who they are. Uh, or do you go deeper for your clients? Well, it, you think about think about it from a spin perspective. If I'm spending, if the company's spending the money on attribution, trying to figure out who did it, then they're, the incident's already really, really expensive, right? They've already been exposed. They already got to spend a lot of money on disclosure and dealing with press. And then you got to spend money trying to do the forensic and figure out who, who did it. it. It's a waste of time and money. So um, I don't really advise anybody to do that because the chances of you prosecuting and actually getting anything back are, are very, very little. And, and in most cases with these big, big incidents, you also want to partner with the FBI because they're going to go and do their investigation. They may even already have some insight there. So I've worked with the FBI in many cases. And so let them do that piece and do their investigation. Don't worry about trying to get attribution. It, it really is a waste of time. Isn't that amazing, though, in cybercrime that uh, it's grown, it's bigger than drug crime, it's the largest form of crime worldwide. And the main reason is, you know, on the internet, you can be as anonymous as you want to be, you just have to have a computer and internet connection, and the right tools and find, as you said, that vulnerable computer just sitting out there for experience, not thinking it's, you know, thinking it's safe, but finding that it's not and then getting everybody's record that happened to uh, Oh, Blue Cross Blue Shield lost, uh, I think, 80 million records. The list goes on. I think we're into, you know, three times the total number of people on earth records stolen, right? Everybody's lost their record more than once. So we're past that point. It seems now it's how do you defend your organization so that you could just operate smoothly without downtime or, you know, the latest ransomware is pretty nasty. The fact that it can worm from one computer to another. Yep. Hundred percent. It's interesting that there's so much money to be made in 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 cyber attacks, and it's so easy. Ransomware as a service is a big deal. I'll never forget. It really hit me. It's probably 2007. I was a, a pretty decent sized bank that got hit, and it, it dawned on me. I was like, Wow, why would anybody go in and physically rob a bank anymore? That's like absolutely ridiculous uh, because they were able to transfer uh, money from one one bank to another bank and. Once that was done, they couldn't trace it back. The withdrawal happened and that was it. And so we did the forensics and told them what happened. But at the end of the day, the bank got robbed. And the in-person that their account got taken out of, it was nothing they could do to get it back. Same thing with ransomware. Ransomware as a service, you've got dark side. They make $100 million a year in, in ransomware. I mean, like, why would you stop, right? If it's not traceable, it's hard to figure out who actually did it. I mean, wow. Um, it just makes sense. So we're going to see that continue to increase. Because if you think about it, when was the last time we actually saw um, credit card theft? They don't actually do that anymore. <laughs> You're right, Wayne. That's, it's easier to get them off the internet and hack, hack someone who's vulnerable, who's uh, not fully PCI compliant. On that note, do you provide compliance reports? Do you help your clients comply with PCI or GLBA or HIPAA, high tech or other you know, other uh, forms of uh, regulatory compliance or pressures from the industry? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I've been certified with PCI and, and a bunch of other compliance regulations back in the day. And I realized, you know, you have your auditors and then you have the people that are actually doing all the hard work to get you there. And again, interesting gap here, Gary, is that um, compliance 
you, if you want to be compliant, here's the high level process. First, you have somebody come in, you're probably the compliant compliance firm, and they're going to do a gap analysis, tell you all your gaps. And then you say, here you go, customer, go fix all this stuff. And then six months, we're going to come back and we'll audit you and figure out if you're ready to go. But then the customer is literally just, you know, trying to figure out, oh, how do we do this? And they're going around in circles. And so where the real um, opportunity to help these companies is, is uh, we do free assessments for our customers. And once we build that roadmap, we actually get paid on remediation and the continuous uh, maintenance of them there. So we build out the whole roadmap for them, fix everything that needs to be done. Then when the auditor comes in, we already know they're going to pass because we have an offering around compliance management where we get it all prepped. We just don't do the audit. That's awesome. Now, as a subscription model company, do I subscribe to a menu of items? Do you recommend, uh, you know, 12 things or 20 things that you offer? Or is it just one package deal from endpoint to cloud, you know, to user to server? Yeah, yeah, great question. Um, cybersecurity is about right-sizing right sizing the offering, whereas everybody wants, some folks will come in and want to sell you everything. You don't need everything. You know, depending on your business size and whatever you're in. So what I've done different, this is like the complete opposite of what I did prior. Um, the, we were used to make all of our money off the assessment and leave it to the end customer to figure it out after that, which I think is just completely backwards. Um, we actually come in, the assessments are for free. It's built into our platform for free. You can have your assessment, you have your roadmap, and your, your, all your next steps laid out for you. We actually charge to remediate and maintain it. And it's, it's a bunch of analogies out there, but you, I mean, a friend of mine had a leak at his house and the plumber came in. He didn't charge to say, hey, you have a leak in your house. Like, we already know that. Uh, he charged to fix it. In cybersecurity, we charge you to tell you you have the leaks in the house and we give you directions to fix the leak in your house. I don't know about you, but I'm not a plumber. I don't know how to fix the leaks in my house. Most people don't know how to fix cybersecurity problems. So that's why we have this continuous loop of companies getting hacked because they don't know how to fix the results from those assessments. Wow. So uh, price-wise, who can afford you and who can't? Uh, the beautiful thing, again, I had to reprogram myself. And I literally took um, Netflix as an example, right? I paid 15 bucks a month for Netflix, but I have access to a gazillion movies. I'm like, how does this work? It works based upon customer lifetime value. Like, we actually don't make any money until our customers get secure. Once we removed all the noise, got them locked down across the solutions that, that make sense for their business, then our margins go through the roof. But if we don't fix them, our margins don't go through the roof. We're continually fixing them forever. So it, it makes sense for us to fix them, get them to where they need to be from a security perspective. So that's how we do pricing. And so it allows us to cut out the bar pricing. And on top of that, it allows us to be cheaper than anyone else out there. That's brilliant. And how long will it take for Cyvatar.ai to get me to that level of security where you guys feel good about you know, my security posture? Yeah, we have a, a metric in our business called um, time to value. And every single customer sees it in our dashboard and it's 90 days or less. Right now we're running at 49 days across all of our customers and it's transparent to them. That's how I guarantee 90 days or less, we're gonna get you locked down and secure across your solutions. So that's, that's your, your time frame. That's brilliant. So do you think you're gonna just bump, bump out the MSSPs and the MDR providers because they're, they're just not hitting it out of the park? <laughs> There's room out there for everybody in cybersecurity. So um, at the end of the day, we, um, we think it's room for everyone. Um, we're just doing it right, focus on customers first. Totally different model. I love the model. I mean, like, yeah. like you said, uh, you're not getting paid until you've got them 
secure and locked down. You're giving them free assessments. You're doing what, what any plumber would do is point to the leak and say, do you want to pay me to fix it or hire a different plumber? I think that's brilliant. So um, Cyvatar.ai is where we're going to send our viewers and listeners. And the, can they click a button and say, you know, get me a proof of value or come give me a free assessment? Is there anything, Corey, that they can do right away? Yep. In the top right-hand corner of our homepage, it says get started for free. You can get your, uh, we call it our freemium offering. You get an external scan every single month. Unfortunately, we don't fix it for you, but at least you can see your results um, every single month. You also can build your whole cybersecurity roadmap. You got free policies built into the freemium offering as well. So you can have the basics of a cybersecurity program uh, all in our freemium offering. We literally have a, a, um, a, a few customers that they just started with freemium and they said, I can finally get get off of a spreadsheet and then they were able to click and buy their, their first solutions. But they started for the first couple months just using premium. That's awesome. So Corey, is there anything else you want to share with our viewers and listeners that we haven't covered today about Cybertar? Yeah, at the end of the day, I just I feel that we all have to hold ourselves and the cybersecurity industry accountable. And when I say ourselves, we got to ask, are we actually trying to stop these attacks? If we're detecting, responding, or if we're using just basic antivirus that's 30 years old, um, the expectation is people think that they are going to stop these attacks. You're not. So at the end of the day, we have to hold ourselves accountable for choosing the right solutions and, and partnering with the right vendors. Then the vendors, we got to come back and actually be able to help our customers get secure. And get rid of all the noise. Like you said, you, you actually get rid of the noise and, uh, you know, noise to signal. It's always been a problem. I got a new dashboard. I got a new seam. I got a new SIM. I got SOAR. I got MDR. I got MSSP. But I'm getting all these alerts. I don't know what to do, right? So if you can take away that pain and reduce the noise to this is a real problem that needs to be fixed quickly. And if you're even offering that ability to start for free, it's phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely. And um, after doing this for so long, I'm like, let me just get it right. I'm, I'm one of those guys that I don't like to give up and I like to get it right. And and some of my my customers and, and CISOs, they're my customers. They've been my friends. They've been my customers for the last you know three companies. So um, I want to be able to look them in the eyes and know that we actually are providing value as opposed to just giving them more noise. That's awesome. So Corey White, CEO, co-founder and CEO, Chief Experience Officer at CYVATAR.ai, a company that focuses on being all in one to get you secure in a subscription model with the beginning for free. How can that be beat? You've been listening to Cyber Defense Radio. Stay tuned next time for another amazing and informative episode. CyberDefenseRadio.com is proudly part of the Cyber Defense Media Group, where InfoSec knowledge is power. Cyber Defense TV and Cyber Defense Radio have launched 24 by 7 by 365 live streams. Visit them online today at CyberDefense.tv and CyberDefense.radio with your host and globally recognized cybersecurity expert and my good friend, Gary Malewski.